Do you lie awake and ponder ponds of microscopic life? Expose yourself to exoplanets high up in the night? Are you crazed for kinematics? Do you fantasize of fauna? Everybody's got a question, luckily we're gonna Unpack the stack of facts that you think back to every day Attack your ignorance, you'll be unmatched in every way Sit down and lend an ear, all the answers will be clear I'm running out of rhymes, I'll let the host take it from here Hey Ellie, not a super scientific question today, but I, I was a little curious that about American folk heroes and you know, if, if there was one, you know, one of those big people from the past with the, the epic tales that you could bring back, would you? Uh, my favorite of the American folk tales has got to be John Henry, the steel driving man. Um, Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. That's correct. Yeah, they are two very different people. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, both very different kinds of legends. I don't know anything about Mark Henry whatsoever. Uh, same thing as John Henry. He was super strong and had sex with like an 84 year old woman who gave birth to a hand. Isn't that what happened in John Henry? It's been a minute. Like not even a little bit. That's like not, not even close. a little bit what he oh, did. Man. No, no, no. Uh, it's close with the strength part, at least, I think. Yes. Yeah. He was known for being very strong. Um, stronger, stronger than, than the machines. Stronger than the, the the spike machine, like the machine that drove the railroad spikes into the into the ground. <laughs> machine that I, is so popular, we still know what it's called to this day. Clearly, so who <laughs> won that battle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, who who would your favorite American folk hero be? Uh, I, I guess if we're taking John Henry off the table, Johnny Appleseed's pretty cool. You know, just going around, vibing out planting seeds seems yeah. chill what what if, what if i told you someone was trying to like recover all of johnny Appleseed's work I, that, that sounds like that dude would be a hero and I, I sure hope there's no questionable employment in his past that would <laughs> disappoint me so i i'm gonna tell you a little bit about david ben scotter today um don't disappoint me don't disappoint me, don't disappoint me. so he's a former fbi guy and ah. treasury guy uh and he, he, well, so his job was uh, investigating corrupt politicians and tax evaders. Oh, he's one of the good ones. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Are, are, All right. Back on are, board. Are you, you back? Me. Are you back? Okay. All right. <laughs> so he now, uh, he is, I believe he is retired and he now. Well, goes- no, I'm mad he actually retired because it's like, no, you're one of the good ones. We needed you. I can't <laughs> win with him. He, he now goes around the country. Uh, looking for abandoned apple orchards. Um, so there was uh, a slew of apple orchards that got planted in like the late 1800s and they aren't used anymore. So these family farms, um, like when industrial scale agriculture happened, um, these small family farms died out and a lot of them, the orchards weren't used anymore. A lot of the apple trees died. Uh, and the land's now used for something else. So it's either like a forest now or it's uh, a forgotten land. plot of land. Right. Exactly. Um, but not all of the apple trees died. So this guy goes through and looks for like these wild apple trees in the forest. So you can find these apples that no one alive has ever tasted since the orchards have been out of business for over 100 years. It's like new kinds of or lost apples. So there you go. That's that's a noble goal. Yeah. You know, you, you could be putting away corrupt politicians, but you know, I'm sure there aren't any of those around these days. I bet 
but we we solved that crime. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we fixed that kind of crime, and now we can just talk about apples. Yeah, exactly. we're just gonna move on to to an uncontroversial subject. <laughs> yeah, and that that's that's growing apples. Yeah, yeah. Um, so apples are one of those things that I feel like a lot of us encounter in our our everyday life. Pretty popular crop, at least in North America. One of the few things you can still get in Nova Scotia in March. Um, oh, well, that's <laughs> right. nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have like five different kinds of vegetables and fruit that you can get this far away from growing season, but apples is one of them. Um, <laughs> I think they store well. Um, <laughs> they, they last a long time as long as you don't like drop them on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that they like go into cold storage well, so you can like. Yes, they do. Sell them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, apples. So... <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it mean though that he like this is a, a sort of a callback to to a, a previous episode but like what do you mean he's preserving old apples like he's just taking the, those seeds or like what what is he extracting from from this so i don't know that our former fbi investigator friend is actually trying to recreate these apple varieties for the modern era i think this is more of like a, a personal journey a project yeah, because it's actually, you can't grow, an, or you can grow a new apple tree from a seed, but that's not really how it's done. Um, so it means a lot of, so apple seeds are tend to be hybrids, and this has to mm. do with how apples reproduce. So it has a reproductive cycle that's typical for a fruit tree, but basically what happens is you have uh, pollen from a different apple tree, that comes to your starting apple tree. And then once the flower is fertilized, then the apple forms. Um, but apples can't self-fertilize. Um, so you need the pollen from a different tree. So they're hybrid trees and- They need help of, from other trees. Yeah, yeah. And so what that leads to is that a lot of times in the wild, the pollen is from a different type of apple tree than the, the flower. Um, mm -hmm. and so what that means is that the apple seed doesn't produce the same kind of tree as the tree that it came from. And I'm sure that means that in, in every, every case, it's going to lead to perfect apples that they all taste great. No, no sort of bad, weird bunches because it's, it's two different apples merging together. What, what is a crab apple? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that happens a lot. I think you end up with the crab apple tree, or even if you end up with a, a different kind of apple you don't mm -hmm. know what you're planting it, it's it do not might not be a guarantee it's as tasty as as what you're hoping for right so you're taking a risk by planting apple seeds versus doing uh something let's say like grafting uh, mm -hmm. well, what is grafting thank you nick um, <laughs> So grafting is when a root and stem from two trees are kind of Frankensteined mm -hmm. together. So, uh, so more like a, a physical way to get them to pollinate versus the, the spreading of the, the seeds and pollen through the air. It's, it's more like you take uh, a small part of a tree that already exists, like a young part of a tree that already exists, and then mm -hmm. a root system that already exists, and you tape them together. And that's not an exaggeration. If you look up pictures of graphs, they are literally like wrapped together, together. and then taped. Yeah. Hey, look, um, it, it's a real, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing, I bet. They're like, this has worked forever. We just we just tied two bundles, and we're just, just going to keep that going to that. 
that feels like one of those things that you could try to innovate, but it would turn into like an invention that people would be like, well, that's just a fancy version of rope. <laughs> Why did you do that? You already <laughs> have sticks and rope. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are we complicating this? <laughs> it's it's like the shoelace. There there are some some things you're just like, you know what? We we might have done the best we could on this one. Yeah, we we don't actually need the self-tying shoe. I I mean it'd be cool, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are you saving yourself? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most adults I know just slide their shoes on now anyway. So who gives a shit? Exactly. Um, so I, an example of like a, a graft. So I, it's a way to know what kind of apple tree is being grown, but you can also innovate the tree in different ways. So for mm. example, a honey crisp apple, very delicious apple. A lot of people want a honey crisp tree, but their roots are really bad. They don't grow very well. Um, and they're uh -oh. not super sustainable. So what you can do is combine a Honeycrisp stem with a disease resistant root system. Mm. Um, and they help it like grow and face less of the, like it's, it's less likely to get sick. Exactly. So you have a much more sturdy Honeycrisp tree than if you mm -hmm. were, if you didn't graft it. So that's like another advantage of grafting is you can innovate um, in terms of like making the trees healthier and stronger, in addition to knowing what kind of apple right. it, it's, it's crossbreeding sort of, but in a way that doesn't involve any sort of reproduction. It's just like, I, mean, I was going to say it's like grafting it on, but like, you know, that's just using the word they already use. It's, we use that word for a reason. Like that's exactly what you're talking so it's about. Like trying to find a, a better way to tie two sticks together. And it's like, bro, we've already got rope. Yeah. Yeah. We, we already have tape. Like we do not need a better system for this. So the way that grafting happens. So if you just tie two sticks together, um, you're not going to get a tree. Um, that's <laughs> so trees have a type of tissue that acts as a water delivery system from the roots to the leaves. And if that is damaged, then the tree will try to heal itself. So what mm. grafting does is you cut the, that part that has the water delivery system and you stick it together because the tree will heal itself. And then by taping it together, you make sure it heals in a way that creates a sturdy trunk for the tree. Right. So it's, it's almost closer to a surgery in, in some ways than anything. Yeah. I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, like what taking, if a bone were to shatter in half or something, or like if it's a clean cut, you have to kind of tie them and put them together so that they can grow properly. Yeah. I feel like setting, setting a broken bone is a pretty good analogy to what's happening here. Um, so you're putting the two of... together. Sometimes you have to attach, um, some things to help it grow like a plate or something like that. Right. Um, similar, process. which would be a, a metal plate in your, your hip to continue that metaphor. There you go. There you go. Um, so kind of thinking back to some, some lost apples and I will actually amend my, it is not a personal project now that I'm getting into this next bit, going back to our FBI agent friend. Um, <laughs> so our, uh, he tends to bring small branches from the trees so that they can be grafted and grown into new trees. So in addition to trying a new apple, um, he has also started a project um, with uh, horticulturists at Washington State University. Uh, and he's not, and our Ben Scotter is not the only one that's doing this, looking for lost trees. 
surprisingly, this is not a one man job. Uh, yeah. So there's, I, I guess, not surprisingly, this is not a one man job. There's a lot of people that are working on this. And so there's a local farmers that are trying to graft these lost trees, which would be really cool, right? New kinds of apples, mm -hmm. um, you know, diversity in, in terms of taste and stuff like that, which is always a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the, the cool part of grafting, right? Is you can create these apple varieties and know that if you have a successful graft, you're going to grow a tree that's going to make that apple. It's pretty cool. Right. Um, the problem with that is that because grafts are what are generally sold to farmers, it's really easy to have tight restrictions on apple varieties because you have to buy the graft. Uh, gotcha. From somebody. It's just very specific on, on who gets what apples. Yeah, so this this leads into apple patents, which is not something that I knew about uh, until doing research yeah. for this episode. This isn't a, a patent put out by the, the company Apple. No, it's not. That They also have patents, but this is a patent on an apple rather than a, a patent for Apple. There we go. Uh, so I think that made honey, as much sense as it's gonna, so. Yeah, yeah. The Honeycrisp until recently was under patent at the University of Minnesota. Um, so that patent is now expired. So anyone can now produce the Honeycrisp. Um, but they're like we talked about before, you need like that specialized root system to them. They're kind of right. notorious. You still need to go to Minnesota or somebody who already has the stem to continue grafting in that sort of way. Right, right. So even if you take a graft off of a, a Honeycrisp tree, it's it, making those grafts is difficult. Um, sure. And so the, the patent expiring hasn't led to a huge increase in the number of Honeycrisp being grown, even though it was kind of expected to. Uh, okay. That process has been slow. Um, however, not to, not to lose their um, patent on apples, like Honeycrisp is, uh, I think, widely considered one of the best apples. Um, it's often more expensive because it's, you know, fancy. Um, and now that the it university- sells well, is what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. And so now that the uh, Honeycrisp patent is no more, University of Minnesota created a new apple um, called the Sweet Tango apple, which is supposed to be similar to the Honeycrisp, but this one's trademarked instead of patented so they can have it forever. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is only we can make money off this one. So suck on that. Yeah, learned from our mistakes. That yeah. wasn't enough. <laughs> this one's oh. trademarked. <laughs> oh, we, we were thinking about the long term where, where there was a possibility one day we wouldn't own it. Now, <laughs> now we're aware of that. That's scary possibility. Good God. So they're licensed to only 45 growers. Uh, oh, well. As of, yeah, I think 2020. Um, I have seen well, a Tango Apple before. Like I, they're, they're, they're on the market. They're around. I was gonna, I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I, I, I hope people who have access to them I, I enjoy them. But, you know, uh, enjoy your sweet, sweet blood apple is all I have to say. <laughs> Dang. You know it was done to get that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're not here to pull punches on, on an everyday dissection. No, absolutely not. Um, so something, because this patent is now expired, um, 
And even before that, people were trying to figure out how the Honeycrisp apple was made um, because they created this variety, um, but they, they, mm-hmm. didn't, they don't actually know what the parents are, which is interesting. Um, and because of the patent, uh, Minnesota, the University of Minnesota didn't have to like disclose that at all. They're just like. They did not. But also the University of Minnesota has like a, a ton of uh, apple varieties. Sure. Um, okay. And geneticists at the University of Minnesota compared the genetics of the Honeycrisps, the reported parents, uh, and then several other apple varieties at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they actually found was that both of the recorded parents were excluded um, based on the genetics. So neither of the reported parents were the actual parents. Wow, that's shady. I don't, I don't know how it happened. Um, they, they submitted a lie and nobody called them on it but like the same university did this research right. and excluded it so that makes me wonder like how that I'm curious if there's I wonder if it's actually really hard to like uh hybridize apples like and perfectly know like what pollen I feel like there's there's techniques to do it I think pretty effectively um, but they were able to find another University of Minnesota variety called the keepsake apple that was not excluded as a parent. So it's not a guarantee that it's one of the Honeycrisp parents, but it could be. But it might um, be, but there's no way to know for sure because, because of the secrets, the yeah. secrets of the apple. Yes, and the other parent is, as far as I know, still completely unknown. Um, Wild. So we don't know. We don't know where this Honeycrisp apple came from. Who would have thought something like apples would be filled with such silly mystery and controversy? I I really am, I really enjoy the apple drama. Uh, frankly, I I'm a big fan. Well, because it's low stakes, but because it's a bunch of scientists and farmers involved, they're all going to treat it like it's the most uh, important thing that anybody has ever heard of. I mean, it's some pretty key drama, Nick. You have to worry <laughs> about this stuff. <laughs> As somebody who who interacts with, with apples a, a, a fair bit in, in their profession, I, I still have not heard of like a, I would say a good third of these apples. Like it's, re- <laughs> it's really just sort of honey crisps, uh, your granny smiths, uh, golden delicious, stuff like, like it's that Fuji's, Fuji's are big. People that love them, some Fuji's I've noticed, Ga- galas. And they do. Have you tried an ambrosia apple? That's my new favorite. I don't know if I've had an ambrosia actually, so I, ah, I cannot speak. I'd recommend. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but again, it's still like <laughs> having a, a patent over, over something like an apple or, or really any, any food, in my opinion, if we're just going to speak broadly. Um, to me, it defeats the purpose of creating a new food where it's like, isn't the idea we're, we're discovering something that will allow people access to more food and resources and instead we're gonna like lock it behind a a, a silly paywall at our university so everyone recognizes how important the gophers are i mean nick if you can't make money off of a new food (laughs) what else would that possibly be for feeding people come on you're right sorry my my mistake i I was watching the the hulu theranos series earlier and so maybe that impacted my views on on the way certain things should be handled in terms of money and treatment. I have not heard of that show. Um, you, you know the Theranos scandal? No. Elizabeth Holmes? No. 
No. Ellie, all right, we will. Right. <laughs> you, you should do a deep dive on, on world's greatest scientist, Elizabeth Holmes, because I bet you will have some thoughts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her her idol was Steve Jobs. And she, her, she got famous coming up with a, a small device the size of like an original iPod that uh, she claimed could take a small droplet of your blood and, and run a, a blood test on it. Like a handheld blood test? Like a, like again, like a, a, the original iPod sized and it would just, it, she said no needles. It just, did, it, took, it, it allegedly takes a small prick of your blood and just gives you like near instantaneous results and you know you you should give her money because it's a good idea that that would be pretty lit uh i'm assuming cool. all right cool work. stop stop right there and just give her your money <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna ask if it worked first no uh, i mean we've we've done a lot of tests is <laughs> a lot of tests let me tell you i'm assuming that there's no detail on which tests you know, this just they're just really good tests that that has given us a lot of data and some information that I think people would find find intriguing and interesting. This has nothing to do with apples, but oh, you well, you I think would... you've really convinced me. Well, it's the size of an iPod, so I think we can argue that we can tangent <laughs> back to apples. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but no. Uh, do some research that 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 could be a future episode that I. I honestly never suggested it to you just because I assumed it was the story was so saturated. You, you had heard enough about it to not be interested, but you literally, I, I missed that entire, uh, like pop culture train. I, I don't know how it happened. Watch videos of her before she got like famous. And then after she got famous, cause it's, she's, she, she's a great performer. So all, all I'll say hmm. she, she commits. Yeah. So bringing, bringing it back to, uh, back to apples, non-blood apples, I guess you call them blood apples earlier. So, um, (laughs) and so kind of what we wanted to get at here is that, well, first of all, apple politics were way more complicated than I gave them credit for. So I apologize if I ever said apples were non-controversial. I don't know if I have, but if I have, that's not true. There's plenty of apple controversy to go around. If the internet has taught us anything, it's that there is drama and just major issues in almost any little sub-interest you could think of. Yeah, I guess when I when I learned that there was drama in the knitting and crochet community <laughs> that I, I probably should have figured there was Apple drama. Um, what place is safe? You would think. You would think that'd be a safe spot, but it's not. Um, well, have you considered your way of crocheting is wrong? and disgraceful ellie i did it until like last week <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to teach you the right ways i'm just here to yell at you for doing it the wrong way yeah that's kind of how it be sometimes um so it, it's interesting to me that like a lot of the innovations that we're seeing so we've been we talked about like the, the new root systems but there's also different types of like um pesticides and mm-hmm different ways to engineer the apples to make them harder to bruise, easier to transport. Going back to our, to our earlier episode on, on uh, GMOs. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely connected to the, the where there's some parallel themes there's, here in the, in the GMOs. We have thematic episodes and this um, is one of them. <laughs> so engineering specifically has allowed the apple industry to spread um, and 
our apples taste better now theoretically i guess we could That's we good. could ask the the lost apple group um you have to hope we made things taste better as time goes on i i would hope so um but that does mean that most of the apple varieties that we now see at the grocery store are not ones that are naturally occurring like it wasn't like sure. we found a tree and that we're like oh we're keeping this one um most varieties were engineered through trial and error hybrids so they would take hybrids of different apples and then grow them and see what they tasted like. And they did that over and over and over again. So it's like, it's the selective breeding stuff that we talked about during the GMO episode where it's humans guiding selection towards better tasting apples or apples that last longer, yeah. et cetera. A, a red delicious or, or, you know, take your pick today would not taste the same as, you know, 20, 40 years ago, just because we, we keep getting better and finding better tasting apples. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool stuff, I think. Just as long as there's not, you know, drama. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, a little bit of drama, I think, is 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 okay. I think it's, you know, we got to talk about these kinds of things, bring it out. Sure, you know? we have to be fully honest about these industries we're exploring. Yeah, yeah. So I guess since since we've been talking about the the alteration of these apples, is there like the 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 granddaddy of them all like the the best apple like the most perfect tasting apple to have ever appled i feel like that's a really controversial question um i feel like people might have a different answer to this like depending on your own personal taste preferences or what you're using the apple for i know it sounds like i'm trying to not come down on an opinion uh, for apple varieties. Um, but I do genuinely think there's, there's a right apple for the situation. Um, mm. you know, okay. All do, right. Do you have a favorite apple, Nick? Or are no, you? I, the... I, I didn't say favorite. I, I was just, I was exploring the possibility of a, a perfect apple, so to speak. Mm, I think the goal was that the honey crisp was the perfect apple. That I think that's we, the idea. Scientists um, just said one day, this is it. We're, we're not going to get better. Well, then they made the sweet tango apple. Oh, yeah, I guess there you go. Crisp 2.0. It's trademark, Nick. Does that mean that it's better than just, you know, honey crisp with their patent? Well, they're, they're making money off it. So it, it must be better then. I think that's how it works. Yeah. So how they're telling us it works. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've said what I need to say about apples. Nick, do you have any uh, more thoughts was... or questions about apples? Do you feel like we've covered? No, I was, I was trying to sit there and figure out if I had any more questions, but I, I think I think we got through everything I was curious about and even more, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like there's there's way more about apples than I had ever originally thought of until I went down this rabbit hole of apple controversy, honestly. I mean, that's I think that's the way a lot of, uh, especially in, in agriculture, that's the way it's going to go. You just stories like this don't necessarily get the attention they deserve so you don't realize there's going to be things like patents uh, on on apples yeah i would say this has been a pretty fruitful process she's so proud of herself (laughs) all right well i guess with that it's been an everyday dissection i'm ellie bisa I'm Nick Lemmer. <laughs> An Everyday Dissection is hosted by Nick Lemmer on Twitter at Lemmer underscore Nick 
and Ellie Visa on Twitter at Alil Ellie. You can find the podcast on Twitter at eDissect and on our website, anchor.fm slash an everyday dissection. Our theme music was written by Evan Zobel and our art was created by Madeline Henriksen, who you can find on Instagram at art that is no bueno. Like our podcast? Please leave a review and don't forget to like and subscribe. This episode's totally real science fun fact. We decided against writing a joke this time. They were all low-hanging fruit. <laughs>